Welcome to the Minutes of Faith podcast, where we dive into Scripture and explore amazing things God is doing today. Our aim is for you to receive encouragement and God's direction for you in today's world. Here's your host and author of her latest book, Praying for America and the Army of God, Debbie Jansen. This season, we are going through the book, Praying for America and the Army of God. Um, It's my latest book, and you can get it on my website at a discount. Uh, That's www.debbiejansen.com, or you can get it on Amazon. And I hope you'll get it and follow along with me. Today is day three, and we're talking about how can I have faith. The scripture verse is Matthew 17, 20. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Boy, wouldn't you like that faith? Well, you can have it. Let's see how. Powerful prayers begin with your ideas about the Christian experience. Uh, What is going through your head when you pray? That's vitally important. So I want to challenge your belief about prayers. The verse, this verse about the mustard seed was Jesus' response to Matthew 17, 14 through 18. A man had asked Jesus to heal his son because the disciples tried and they couldn't. In the 15th verse, Jesus rebuked the disciples. Now, I believe his rebuke was not about the healing, but rather about their lack of insight into God's plan. Jesus was frustrated with the disciples. How do I know that? Well, if you read verse 17, as if you're talking to your own children or your husband or frustrating co-worker, when they dis- disappoint you, you'll understand. Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation. Now, that's what Jesus said. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Oh, for heaven's sakes, just bring the boy to me. That's kind of how that verse would have gone, as far as I see it, in real life. And doesn't that sound like a parent's rebuke of a child who just doesn't get it? You've worked with them, you've taught them, you've tried to get the ideas across, and they're still looking at you with this blank stare? Well, I can hear myself being frustrated and saying to my children, What? You still don't get it? How long is this going to continue? Oh, mercy, just let me do it. Was Jesus upset because the disciples couldn't believe for a simple physical healing? Or was he upset because they still had no idea who they were or who they could become through the power of God? See, those are totally different things. You can pray for healing. You can pray for money. You can pray for for a friend, you can pray for your church, but none of that is the same as getting this glimpse of this huge vision of what God wants you to be and the big plan he has for your life. You see, I believe that when we are born, there is a reason. God has a plan for every life out there. And sin and the problems we experience on earth 
come about because we don't follow that plan. Which, I don't want to get into the weeds here, but that's what makes abortion so evil. You are not just taking away a child's life. You're taking away everything they will do that God had planned for them. And every person they will touch and be around. And the life they lived, plus the life their children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren would have lived. It's evil. Well, it's the same thing for us. If you're here, thank goodness, and you've grown and you've become a Christian, you have to see that vision. You have to see what God wants you to become. And unfortunately, I think Jesus was saying in this verse, did these disciples just not understand his plan for them was more than a simple healing? You see, his plan for them was to have total power over Satan, just like Jesus had. Now, you know that being a Christian means being Christ-like. So if Christ has total power over Satan, shouldn't we have that same power? Of course we should. Was Jesus disappointed because they couldn't see the big picture? I think he was. Perhaps after his miraculous conversion... Paul understood the full meaning of the power that Jesus gave them. And the following verse seems to show that Paul had grasped who the fight was against and the powerful gift they had received. Ephesians six ten through 12 says, Finally, being strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Don't you love that first word? Finally. Finally, he got it. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Do you know what you possess when you pray? Do you know that the power is there if you will just hook up with it? Now, some people have criticized me for calling Christians the army of God. And I do know there's a wacko group out there that thinks the army of God should take up arms and knives and and hurt other people. That's not what we're called to do. That's not what they thought Jesus was going to set up a real army and destroy all the Romans when he came. And that's not what he's about. The true body of Christ is compassionate and kind and loving. And we're out there to tell the good news of Jesus Christ and salvation. But at the same time, in order to do that, we have to be so powerful that we can bind up Satan and throw him back into the depths of hell anytime we choose. Faith that moves mountains is about accepting the full range of power that God has given us. 
It does us no good whatsoever to say we are Christians and the children of God unless we can fully access the power that comes with that knowledge. Knowing that you can pray and oppose the very forces of hell is different from actually doing it. We get so caught up in watching for the miracle that we miss the power. Never be concerned about the miracle you need. Instead, concentrate on God's will and your God-given power over hell. Now, Satan has never been given the right to harm Christians. The only power he has is to be the deceiver and to whisper in our ears. He can present a case to us. He can whisper evil, discouragement, fear, anxiety, and laziness in our ears. And all of that takes away our power. But we have the choice not to listen. We have the choice to demand through the blood of Jesus for Satan to go away. If we don't listen to Satan and we choose to walk away from Satan or to rebuke him, we will retain God's power. You see, this is the most important thing you will learn in your Christian faith and in having powerful prayers. Faith is not a one-time gift. It is an ongoing daily fight for spiritual dominance over our earthly experience. It is a moment-to-moment desire to see God and to have Him touch our lives. Having faith is refusing to allow Satan to control us or our emotions. We are children of God. We must not give in to temptations from Satan or from evil people. Through Jesus, we can accept the gift of power over Satan. Powerful faith is not just believing that Jesus will answer your prayers and your needs. Faith is believing that you will become all that Jesus has planned for your life and that you have been given power over Satan. Praise God. Is it hard for you to have faith? Do you struggle with unbelief? When others have prayers answered, do you wonder if God even listens to you? (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. I've been a Christian my entire life. I gave my life to God at six years old, and I have not turned back. But I've had all those things. I've struggled with unbelief. Well, God, you didn't do it for this person. Are you sure you're going to do it for me? Well, God, I prayed this prayer, but where are you? I, I don't see anything happening. Well, God, I, I don't know if I can have faith for this. Or I've prayed for this for years and it hasn't happened Maybe you're just not going to do it. Sometimes we need to realize that prayers, like my grandmother Crocker's prayers, take time. She was a devout Christian. She was concerned about my grandfather, and after years of talking with him and him not giving his heart to the Lord, 
she decided to pray powerful prayers. Every Wednesday, she fasted and prayed for God to save him. She continued to be involved in the church, but she did it alone. She didn't push him. She was compassionate and kind and loving. Instead, she prayed and she waited on God. Every Wednesday, he knew she was praying for him because she wouldn't eat. I asked her what she did when Christmas arrived on Wednesday. She leaned over and she said, I fasted and I prayed. Well, what if you were sick? I fasted and I prayed. Grandma, how long did it take? Thirteen years. What? Thirteen years? You didn't feel like quitting? How'd you do that? She folded her arms and got very close to me. Year seven was hard, but then it was nine, and then it was twelve. And near the end of thirteen, I was preparing to go one more year. That's when your father walked into the room, took my hand, and told me he had accepted Christ. That was the most exciting day of my life. Now, for a boost of faith, I want you to read the entire chapter of Hebrews 11.1. It's amazing to read how God provided faith over and over. And then I want you to pray some powerful prayers and give each of those prayers as much time as God needs to follow through. Hebrews 1.1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You never know how long it's going to take or what plan God has to answer your prayers. Don't give up and be powerful in those prayers and attack Satan in those prayers. And you will overcome. Dear Jesus, we need faith. We need faith that moves mountains. We need faith for our family. We need faith for our friends. We need faith for our country. Our country is hurting and bleeding and going down the wrong road. And today with my listeners, I ask you to bind up the evil that is present in our country and send it back where it came from. We also need faith for our healing. So many people are sick and suffering. Oh, God. We need faith. Give us the faith that all the heroes of the Bible possessed. Help us to trust you with everything in our lives. Help us to trust you to keep your promises. We thank you for your involvement and for your loving care. We thank you today for all your many blessings. Please give us the kind of faith that will honor you. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. If you're looking for more encouragement and guidance, claim your copy today of Praying for America and the Army of God by Debbie Jansen. It's available on Amazon.com or visit DebbieJansen.com. 
Get your copy today.